I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's some places there where they're quite happy to have, you know, a very small bedroom in a much larger house because they then get a better lifestyle, like it's the experience, the lifestyle experience. This is Property Investory, where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyrone Shum and in this episode, we're back with Sam McLean and Mark Edwards who run the successful magazine called Elite Agent. As investors, we learn about the commercial properties they bought, the advantages of commercial property, current trends in the property market and much, much more. Once Edwards restructured his and McLean's superannuation funds, it was time to figure out what they would do with the money. Let's investigate this self-managed super fund uh, and what we can actually do with it. Not going to the casino and putting it all on black is probably <laughs> the first thing to get scratched from the list. Can't do that for another 15 years yeah. or so anyway. You never know, you could be lucky. <laughs> but then worked out what we could and couldn't do with the SMSF and the opportunity to be able to and this was at the time when we were rapidly outgrowing the very posh laundry for the business and the opportunity then looking into it and said, okay, well, as a business, you can invest your SMSF into a commercial property as long as you are not using it as a principal place of residence. You know, as a business that you own can essentially pay rent back into your own super yep. fund, which is so cool. Since he was able to funnel the money from the self-managed super fund into the business and in turn into a commercial property, he goes on to tell us about the property he bought. So, bought this old rundown ex-physiotherapy rooms, what is a B-grade building in the heart of North Sydney where it's all being developed. It's like the worst building in the best street. It is the worst yeah. house in the best street, but this is the worst building yeah. in the best part well, of North Sydney. It's, a, it's the second worst building, actually. I reckon the one next door is <laughs> worse. Yeah. But the thing is, this is the last sort of parcel of land in the local development plan, the LDP, in you know, sort of CBD perspectives is usually always a high point and the rest of the city falls away from that high That's point. That's right. Yep. So we are the high point in according to the LDP and it's like Stuart Little's place in North Sydney. So we've got all these big multinational or the, you know, the big developments, you know, the Dexars and the multiplexes and uh, Aqualands all going up around us and there's this little old um, building in North Sydney that is 100% strata. So trying to get everyone to agree to th things. I think it took around about eight months to agree to a hand railing out the front the wow. other day. So that, you know, sort of winning. But on the flip side, there needs to be something that's very attractive to the owners in order to make a decision to move on. And I think that day will come that, you know, sort of this will be a very good investment from a floor plate perspective. Yeah. Um, because it will be a you know, 40, 50-storey building here one day. But on the flip side is that what we've done from 
purchasing the um, you know what was a relatively modest and cheap suite in the building for what we've done with relatively little capital to renovate it has dramatically improved the price of the actual property itself. To make it a commercial space, Edwards and McLean added things to the property. I think it was a three-room physiotherapy studio. 70s called and wanted their carpet back. And the wood panelling. Yeah. And the half a dozen bar fridges. No, we kept the bar fridges. (laughs) Why would you not? (laughs) Just walking into this place and opening all the myriad of cupboards, it was uh, just surprising to see what we found in this place. But similarly, you know, so one thing I have enjoyed is strapping on the tool belt and getting the hands dirty and working out ways in which we can maximise the asset in which we've got. Done it before in a, in a residential property, but this is you know, sort of probably the most rewarding and exciting ones that we've done together. That's amazing. And how long has that taken so far? Uh, we bought this place three and a half years ago. It was probably about a you know, sort of four-week renovation. It was definitely you know, sort of uninhabitable from a business perspective when we bought it. But now it's a very open, bright, light, creative space that sort of gives Sam and her team the ability to be able to collaborate and be you know, sort of very considered with what you do. After purchasing a suite, McLean and Edwards were able to create the kind of spaces necessary for them to do their work. Well, this was last year's project as we outgrew next door. So I made an offer to the owner of this particular suite and said, all right, do you mind if we knock a hole in the wall and we'll get a similar fit out here. So this, where we're sitting now, is our podcast studio. Um, outside is our video studio with multiple, you know, sort of 75-inch TVs on the wall. So try and create that TV studio-style look. They actually work. They do. <laughs> <laughs> they do. It's going to be good for cricket. <laughs> Cup. And the Melbourne Cup. But yeah, look, it's, a, um, it's very fit for purpose of what we need. We've actually had a bit of a side hustle that we probably need to take a bit more advantage of, which is other people come in and use this space from time to time. I mean, the WeWork thing and the shared services thing, it's not bad if you wanted to go in and just use an office, but this is purpose purposely soundproofed and um, you know what you don't see out there at the moment is there's a green screen out there that, that comes down and the lights on the roof go on with the switch so we could be ready we could be set up to do any sort of video or any sort of podcast here within about five ten minutes. Because of the suite being a junction to other rooms being considerate of other residents was important for Edwards and McLean. That is like sort of the challenge of the WeWork side of things is that they're not going to sort of let you you know sort of staple up drag a green, cameras drag cameras around yeah. and yeah so because being in that shared environment it's uh you've got to be very careful of you know sort of disruption to other other people that are yes paying the same sort of money as you are for the future edwards and mclean are leaning far more towards commercial when it comes to property purchases and it gives us the reasons as to why this is the case we see the ups and downs of the residential market uh, every day i think one of the things to actually keep all right if we had, if we're investing our own money, I think the easy way to be able to get into property cycle would be through commercial because you can potentially get in with a much smaller footprint and therefore less dollars. I think there's a couple of trends that people should be looking at. You know, so our fractional investment is going to be very interesting to see that continue to growth. You know, like your brick X's and so forth. Yeah. Um, but the build to rent side of things is going to be very interesting to look at, like your Hamlets and those organisations that are building purpose-built properties that's going to be creating community where people are going to be choosing where to live and how to live as opposed to going, I need to have 
you know, the quarter acre block mm. with, the, with the house on it. I see a trend towards tribes, you know, because yeah. because of affordability. Like, you know, so if uh, young people, like let's talk, well, millennials are last decade, let's talk Generation Z, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, who are, you know, like starting now to some of them have finished school. My daughter's just finished school. So they're now starting to think about, well, what am I going to do? Where am I going to go to university? Where am I going to live? Um, you know, like I, I do see that she's probably she's a creative type. She's probably going to want to live somewhere that other people like her live. And, you know, like and I look at this trend towards co-living and, uh, you know, I, I think it's just a matter of time, really. Like you look at places like Los Angeles and stuff like that and actors, for example, they can't afford the rent on an apartment on their own They ca- or they can't afford to buy an apartment on their own. And there's some, some places there where they're quite happy to have, you know, a very small bedroom in a much larger house because they then get a better lifestyle, like it's the experience of li- uh, the, the lifestyle experience. Edwards tells us about property that he bought that bore resemblance to communal or co-living spaces that is now starting to become the trend. Well, it's interesting actually. One of the properties I bought was just after the Sydney Olympics and it was just uh, this place in in Lidcombe. This little village of probably about 30-odd homes was built as the media centre for the Olympics. So there were these five-bedroom houses, five-bedroom normal houses, you know, your McMansion's nice or something. But they'd all been separated into, I think the place we ended up buying was about an 11-bedroom house, you know, because it had all temporary gyprock walls down the middle of them. Um, and they're all wired to the hilt. So there was uh, Ethernet wiring everywhere because they were actually using the kitchen as a broadcast studio for updates and so mm. forth. But it's very similar in that it had beautiful, open, entertaining and community areas yeah. because there were 10 people living in this house. Yeah. So they had to have these big open areas that people could actually congregate in. And it was exactly what you're saying there. It's like sort of smaller bedrooms, but an area where people can actually come together and do things that they need to do together. So I could see your daughter mm-hmm. as, as being, you know, sort of living with like-minded artistic folk. Yeah. <laughs> um, whereas you can probably see a similar trait for, for musos. It's, it's almost like the dormitory re, revisited. McLean tells us about another trend in the property market that is starting to appear. Well, the other thing I think trending is going to be interesting to watch in the next couple of years is really the experience economy. Like, you know, and this is where places like, well, you know, like Airbnb, you can see that they're now getting into things like, you know, restaurants and experiences and things like that. So if, you know, you've got a property that is... Like, it wouldn't surprise me to see themed investments, themed homes where people actually want to go, oh, I want to go and uh, live like they did in the 60s or I want to go and live like they did in the 80s. Like, I think that those, you know, people more and more are looking for experiences rather than just four walls. That's a pretty cool concept. It's like, you know, if you want to live in Bali and experience those kind of Bali living styles, people can bring them here Mm. and create that same lifestyle Mm. but print it, you know. And you could even almost have it by the ocean to to create that kind of look except you don't have to be travelling all the way to Bali, for example. Or a place down in, you know, sort of in a foodie district, you know, if if it's a big, you know, sort of Italian, like, you know, if you want to do something in Leichhardt, for example, you'd do a big Italian thing or down in Ligon Street, you do it as a big 
you know, mm. Greek themed place. So, so I think you, you're right. There's going to be a lot more catering to people's whims of the moment rather than saying, I'm going to try and create something that's going to be attractive for everyone. Coming up after the break, hear about the kinds of skills and knowledge Edward's deemed important when it comes to investing. I'm here to learn the skills as to what is going to be you know, sort of a good investment and what are going to be the, the right bones and the property to be able to look for in order to change it from you know, a three-bedroom, one-bathroom to a four-bedroom, two-and-a-half-bathroom. The importance of having the right kind of leverage. But then the risk is with people investing now with you know, record low interest rates, leveraging yourself to the mm-hmm. hill in order to buy something that you, if it's an investment property, may not have the tenant there or interest rates will will change. Another exciting trend in the property market. Interestingly, like there's another trend that I've seen that, you know, might interest some of your listeners too, is that, you know, there are property managers out there now who are guaranteeing rent. All that and more coming up after the break. I'm Tyrone Shum and you're listening to Property Investory. For Edwards, learning the right skills and gaining the correct knowledge when it comes to investing is all important. I renovated my first property and before doing that, I uh, decided to do a couple of um, renovation seminars. At the beginning, it was a bit of a rah-rah sort of thing. but um, That dies down after a while. It does. <laughs> um, if you go into something that you're actually looking to get some tangible learning out of, you can pretty much achieve that if you go into it with the right mindset. mindset. Mm. So I went into it saying, all right, well, I'm not here for the, for the quick win. I'm here to learn the skills as to what is going to be you know, sort of a good investment and what are going to be the, the right bones and the property to be able to look for in order to change it from you know, a three-bedroom, one-bathroom to a four-bedroom, two-and-a-half-bathroom. Mm. Um, have you got the ability to be able – does the property have the scope or capacity to make it dual occupancy or you know, have a granny flat on the, the property? So doing that due diligence in the actual property is probably one of the biggest – things that I've learned about. Uh, as Sam says, you know, so getting good financial advice, particularly around the tricky subject of investing with your self-managed super fund, mm. they're the, probably the, the two main things and a healthy love of Bunnings. Edward shares with us some of the resources in book form he has used over the course of his career. I tend to find, you know, we, we were saying before about, you know, so having a, um, a journal or a book that's got some, you know, sort of tried and methods is always valuable. For me, it was more around the art of construction, um, not necessarily the art of investing. Of investing, um, I think I've probably made a couple of very lucky moment in time investments that, if I had been, you know, so a few months before or later, then it may not have, you know, so achieved the same results at the mm. time. Um, but for myself, my knowledge is usually derived from I've got a problem. How do I solve it? How do it? I solve it? And I border on the line, on the cusp of um, analysis paralysis. And <laughs> Sam at times says, can you just make a decision? He's cheaty from the good place. And get on with it. <laughs> As I can see, uh, elite agent, for example, was probably a problem. You didn't want to be in your laundry anymore. So yeah. decide, okay, it's time to look for property. So this was an answer to a pressing problem we had. I mean... Over the days of uh, the simple life of without the pressures of a larger business, but yeah. you know, 
Along with that comes its joys. When it comes to commercial property, Edwards tells us what he and McLean paid for their first one. For our first property, and this was literally only three years ago, it was a 50 square metre property in the heart of North Sydney CBD for 230000 Wow, a, it's very a, affordable yeah, when you it, think about it. Absolutely. But then, yeah, so it was not somewhere you would want to go and work. It was sort of something that we... I don't know, Chanel are in this building. Yeah. I like being around them. <laughs> this is the corporate head officer Chanel at the moment, so uh, in Australia. But yeah, so it's being able to see past the, oh the, my God, can we possibly yeah. ever do anything with this? That's the thing. You want to find the most ugliest property in yep. the best street. Yeah. And if you know that there's potential, which there usually is. But also be aware of what the cost and effort is going to be. Mm. Um, if you're not yeah, so somebody who's um, who's capable or, or willing to put the effort in, then you're going to be paying somebody else to do it. And commercial refit out and renovation is a uh, is quite a costly exercise. Yeah. We looked at having someone else to do it, and I think it cost ten times. Mm. Like that's that's the mag order of magnitude. We're just kind of lucky that you're quite handy. Able to swing a tool belt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. If they met themselves 10 years ago, Edwards and McLean would have some sage advice for themselves. I would have said, get in early, get in, get on the property ladder early. Buy and hold. That's probably one of the biggest things is, uh, you know, I, I'm sure you're saying that if you had met yourself, you know, so when you got the redundancy payout, put that money in. The property I could afford was very close to Victoria Road, very close to the Gladesville Bridge. And at the time I was thinking, well, I'm having a baby, that's going to be really noisy. And I would just say irrelevant, like given where we've gone the last 10 years, I would say to myself, just do it. Yeah, don't worry about the noise. You'll live with the noise. When it comes to investments, being aware of what leverage you have is key. One of the main things is to make wise investments but don't overstretch yourself because there are going to be times when the market's going to change. If you had been in the situation in the late 80s where you were able to afford to invest at you know, high teens in, the, yep. uh, in interest rates, that would have been a great time to invest Definitely. because no one would have thought that interest rates will go into the 20s. But then the risk is with people investing now with you know record low interest rates, leveraging yourself to the mm -hmm. hill in order to buy something that you, if it's an investment property, you may, mm -hmm. may not have the tenant there or interest rates will change. They will change at some point. Yes. Um, so it's just a matter of being able to make sure that you've got the right level of leverage. Absolutely. So it's all about due diligence, speaking to the right accountants, yep. you know, get your team around you and yep. ensuring that you're making the best decision you can as well. And be aware as to how much effort you want to put into it. McLean dives in with another fascinating trend that is popping up on the property market, this time in the US. Interestingly, like there's another trend that I've seen that, you know, might interest some of your listeners too, is that, you know, there are property managers out there now who are guaranteeing rent. Like, I've heard about that too, yeah. Yeah, so I'll make a couple of intros for you. But <laughs> yeah, um, so you know in the US they have iBuyers, which is they'll make you a cash offer on your property. Yeah based on what they think it's worth. And it's usually a bit lower than what an agent might get. But now that's coming into renting as well. So, And basically what will happen is whoever it is, the agent or the manager will come along and say, well, I think I can get X amount of rent for X period and you'll get guaranteed rent. 
Mm. There's a few places around that are doing that. And that's, I think, as a differentiating point, that's something that's, you know, that we're really seeing trend around the place at the moment too, really popular. It's it's a very good concept because, I mean, the agents know, for example, a tenant does break a lease within that period that they've quoted on. They know that they've got a database anyway, so they're kind of already backing themselves up with that. Whereas if you're just going out there and looking for a tenant yourself, different story, you know, you might have to wait for a few weeks because you've got to wait for the tenants to come in. Yeah. So it's it's a different... um, business, I guess, game altogether. And I suppose it's also having a property that's going to attract to a wider audience as opposed to having something that is going to be very um, unique. On their property journey, there are some things McLean and Edwards are particularly looking forward to. I think it's a really exciting time to be in the real estate industry, you know, and particularly with some of the trends that I've mentioned as in, you know, people want to subscribe to things now. And so I think if you've invested in the assets, like uh, as in property, and there's other things that you could invest in as well, like so that you could provide a full experience for somebody. Um, There are different models sort of popping up everywhere and I can't see exactly where it's going, but I think there's never been a more exciting time to be owning property because of the different, like it's, it's not just like I want to rent something from you anymore. Mm. There is all sorts of other ways that you can get creative around that. And so as an investor, you can really, I guess, tailor your experience or tailor, you know, who you want to target or, you know, like what tribes are out there and maybe you know, sweat other assets, not just property. Mm. Like, so I think that this is a, you know, from from my perspective, from from our readers' perspective, you know, margins are getting squeezed on the traditional property management side. Mm. There has never been a more exciting time to actually look around and look up and go, okay, well, I can help this investor with, you know, getting themselves into the next property or I can, um, you know, help them make more margin on this by bolting on, some sort of experience onto the rental experience. I think it's only a matter of time before people start getting really creative like that. In terms of getting on the bandwagon of trends of co-living spaces in the experience economy, Edwards and McLean also want to try their hand at doing that too. I think it's also taking lead from other successful business models as well. Mm. I would like to see ourselves as potentially redoing what we saw in in that property and um, from the old Olympic Village and creating little mini WeWork environments. Yeah. You know, so mini um, in the event that we reinvest in in other commercial property, I think it's going to be yeah you know, so sort of the, the shared services environment because yeah everybody's an entrepreneur these days and not everybody wants to work from home. I think that's something that's very going to be very attractive. The experience economy is going to be also very attractive, particularly for the short-term uh, rentals. So opportunity to be able to buy multiple properties and have them on the short-term rental, you know, your Airbnbs yeah. or whatever. Um, because I think, you know, so the uh, the increased returns that you get out of there has got the opportunity to be able to pay back the asset a lot quicker and then leverage the value that uh, the equity and the property. I mean, we've stayed at a couple of um, very nice palatial mansions up in the uh, Gold Coast when we go up there for some, um, for some conferences. So mm. we take the whole team up. Instead of buying eight hotel rooms, we... Yeah rent out a, an eight-bedroom house, house for a week. Much cheaper from our side of things. When you walk in there, you go, wow, this is awesome. But yeah. then 
you go back the next year to try and rent the same house, they've taken it off the market because they've paid it off. They're now sort of using that as equity to continue their, their growth of other large properties. And what they're doing is they're just buying old places on the canals up on the Gold Coast and Broad Beach waters, knocking them down, building these beautiful places, mm. renting them out for 12, 18 months and then paying it basically off. paying it off and then using that asset, either selling it and then buying two more. And, and they've got a, a fantastic model that they use. But it's short-term play with a lot of upside as yes. long as you've got the product that people want to purchase yeah. or people want to use. Very smart. I love that strategy. I think that's where he really wants to be, actually, as soon as we sell the business. I'd like to say a huge thank you to Samantha McLean and Mark Edwards for joining us on this episode of Property Investory. If you'd like to find out more about their journey, head over to propertyinveststory.com. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone.